All righty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 531. We're recording live on August the 24th. Uh, Brianna, how are you? I am good. I'm good. Um, you know, winding down the summer here, getting ready to, uh, well, you're sending kids off to school. I'm sending kids off to school for the day soon. Yeah. Counting down those days. Yeah. So just trying to soak in the last warm days, maybe, you know, hit the beach for a weekend if possible. But yeah, things are good. How are you? Yeah, things are good. Really busy. Uh, you know, as you said, kids uh, off, off to school soon, one off to university, uh, you know, so not living at home. So that'll be a change. And then it it's my son's birthday today. So he's 15 today. So yeah, there's just, yeah, always stuff going on, you know, and there's, it feels like the summer is done uh, already. So, um, yeah, but it's all good. So, you know, we roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So we have a good show for you this week. Uh, four stories as usual, a bunch of interesting brands doing interesting things, I guess we could say, and I'll let Abriana kick it off with um, a fun story. Yeah. So Disney's launching a new service um in their parks it's called genie or genie plus um so there's kind of two features that this is going to allow people who are visiting disney world disneyland um save some time at the parks and maybe get a you know better experience while they're there so the first one is is called disney genie plus and it is um it's like attached to their you know their their apps that they have and this is something that they can, um, users that are there at the park, they can pay an extra $15 per ticket per day um, at Disney World or 20 bucks for Disneyland. And they can choose like the next available time to visit one of the variety of attractions that are there. And it gives them the lightning lane entrances so that they can kind of skip that long wait time and, you know, maybe tackle some of the, um, you know, the more exciting attractions that they're trying to, to hit at the park. So they also will, um, they can do like one selection at a time throughout the day. So, you know, you finish one and then you can go schedule the next one. And then it also gives um, Disney World visitors this augmented reality lenses that they can use. Um, it's called, an, uh, and they have this unlimited Disney photo pass download. So they can download all those pictures that they take with the lenses. Um, you remember, like it reminded me kind of of, when you would go to, you know, an amusement park and get the the picture of like going down the the log ride or the roller coaster, and then you had to wait in line to pay for it and pick it out and see if it was any good, or if you're making a really horrendous face. Um, so this might be like <laughs> one where you can plan a little bit more. Uh, the other feature that they're rolling out though is this individual attraction selection. So visitors can schedule like an arrival time for up to two in-demand attractions every day. Um, and it's limited availability and pricing is going to vary by like what the option is, you know, what's the day that you're visiting the park, um, you know, uh, they're going to announce more around that as it gets closer. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to see like how they're trying to continue to enhance the consumer experience while they're at the park, you know, the park visit. It's already a very expensive trip typically, you know, when you go for a few days or a week to all the, uh, you know, the attractions that you might have like in Orlando or, you know, hitting up Disneyland. 
making it a family vacation. So um, they're definitely trying to make that better. I like this idea. I think that, you know, certainly you're already spending so much to go there. Might as well pay, you know, an extra $60 a day for a family of four to uh, be able to do the things you really want to be able to do and, and see. Um, you know, this is coming out right after also they've announced like some really great earnings, obviously their digital, you know, namesake, um, and all of their conglomerates has been doing extremely well. So their direct to consumer revenue has risen 57% for the quarter hitting $4.3 billion. It's crazy. Um, they've also cut some operating losses. They had 600 million operating losses down to 3 million, 300 million. Um, and you know, they're, they're attributing that to improved results for their Hulu service, which they acquired not too long ago. And, you know, I think that they're obviously thinking about how do they continue to invest in back into the parks as more and more people are going out, how do they, you know, really allow people to enjoy the time, um, that they can travel again and make the most of the park. So I like this from an experience perspective. Um, you know, I kind of want to try it out. And I've been thinking about planning a, a family vacation at some point in time in the near future, you know, year or so to hit up Disney World. I think my kids are finally old enough. It'd be enjoyable. So we'll see. Maybe I'll try it out. There you what go. You so so the real question, though, is, you, you know, you have, you have two girls. So like, which princess are they going to be? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's such a hard one. I wish like I'm always like Moana. Yay. You know, yeah. like the one who's not, you know, who's like tough and doesn't have a man. I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, that's like the feminist to me, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think they probably will steer towards like Cinderella or something very classic. There you go. Or Elsa. Elsa, for sure. It's always cool. a winner. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't have a lot to add to this. I think it's a, it's a great uh, approach that they're taking uh, in terms of enabling people to schedule those times with the key attractions that they want and sort of feel like they're getting the most out of their experience. I think it's also really interesting, you know, sort of coming out of COVID, um, you know, and, and these parks reopening and, and, you know, a lot of businesses have gone to this idea in general of, you know, scheduling your time and your, your slot and, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, that's when I'm there and other people aren't there or whatever, right? So like, maybe it's, it's it helps with crowd management and spacing and things like that as well. So, you know, I I think it's cool. And I, and I like the augmented reality lens piece uh, of this. You know, I'm, you know, I, I think creating celebrity photo ops or, you know, character ops in their case, uh, you know, with these lenses layered on top, I think that's part of the whole, you know, Disney experience. Um, and I think it adds a lot to sort of your memories and, and keepsakes. So I, I like it. I think it's, it's cool. All right. On to our second story. Um, maybe less exciting but equally important uh our friends at ground truth a uh, longtime location uh industry player has partnered with no kid hungry um and this is an, actually an extension of an ongoing partnership between the two uh no hit no kid hungry is a network of corporate partners which uh works with uh restaurants and retail brands across the u.s and they're really you know as their name says it's about you know uh, solving the uh, the hunger issue uh, around uh, young people in particular. One in six kids, uh, they say, you know, are faced with uh, hunger uh, issues of some kind. Um, you know, being fed, um, 
And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know here, you know, we have a lot of programs uh, in some of the uh, more economically challenged parts of the city where, you know, just having a meal, a breakfast, a lunch or something provided to kids, you know, as they go to school is really important. So I know the value of these types of programs. And so Ground Truth has really gotten behind this organization, enabled them with their location-based uh, marketing platforms and data and so on, uh, you know, as a, you know, social good offering. So I'm assuming there's no fees involved in this. Um, and it's really about helping them, you know, target, uh, find those families, identify, uh, you know, those families and those kids that, you know, might need the help, number one, uh, you know, using, you know, geo-targeted advertising. And on the other side, obviously, you know, being able to find, you know, maybe people that want to help support. Um, so, you know, and it's a cross-media, uh, multimedia formatted uh, program. So it includes connected TV, mobile, desktop, and social media. Um, and uh, as I said, partnerships with, with, you know, a number of restaurant brands, you know, and uh, retailers, you know, that are, uh, participating from a donations perspective and, and providing, uh, you know, a social capital uh, aspect of what this, what's going on here. And as you know, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of uh, finding ways to give back and support, you know, with your technology, you know, chops and platforms that you have. Obviously, you know, we've been doing a lot here with my startup uh, here in Canada with our CanaTrace platform and helping businesses with contact tracing uh, as a free service. And, you know, I, so I applaud any effort that's, you know, about unlocking what you have within your, you know, technology offering and making it available to, you know, to do some good. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of data for good and definitely um, giving back and finding unique ways to do that beyond just writing a check, but also by supporting through, you know, the technology that, that you are, you know, as a business are creating. Um, I think that that's great. And, you know, I, I'm just glad like they're, they're definitely basing it off of their technology and not the sentiments of children because my children are always hungry. It seems like these days I can't keep them out of the pantry, but for those kids who actually really need it and really need, um, you know, the, the attention that they deserve, I think this is a wonderful thing, um, a great organization to be partnered with. And, um, you know, it's like, it, this is definitely a, a, this is not an issue that we should have in North America, like in, you know, the United States and Canada, this is not an issue like we are, um, you know, we are established, established countries, and there's so much food waste, that, you know, there's no reason for us to continue to have any type of uh, hunger whatsoever. Uh, and I firmly believe that. So um, it's nice to see that, you know, that there are efforts continuing to being made that I think this is a, a, a challenge, you know, that we can actually tackle here, um, at least. So happy to see that. Yeah. All right. On to our next uh, story. Yeah. So staying kind of on the, the social good and giving back and, you know, helping um, those that have different needs or disabilities, um, there is an app that's called Be My Eyes which uh, provides real-time video assistance to individuals who are blind and visually impaired. And they have a new partner that has come in um, on the food side, uh, Barilla, Barilla Pasta, I think that's how you say it. Um, and they are the first partner that's worked with this app in, uh, from, a food, from a food perspective. And so this is really cool. Um, they have this team, Barilla is providing a team of what they're calling pasta professionals 
and they can field calls um, and you know during a certain period of time. Um, this is something that can happen through the Be My Eyes um, iOS and Android apps that will assist these visually impaired cooks at home so they can help them answer questions about how long to cook things and um, you know, certain recipes for, for you know, bolognese sauce or how to, how to make the, the pasta the correct way. Um, and so they can answer things about like the package labels, cooking instructions, product availability, all of those things um, for four hours every day, weekdays from noon to 4 p.m. Central Time. And they have more than 5 million users that are on the Be My Eyes app right now, and that continues to grow. And then they have nearly 5 million volunteers that are on call at all times that you know can assist those people who need those extra eyes um, at short notice, whether they're looking for their house keys or reading, trying to find like a phone number or you know get something that they need. And I loved this story so much. It definitely like hits close to home. So I have a, a younger cousin and she was born extremely premature, three months premature. And so her eyesight has always been a challenge for her. And she, um, you know, she has some sight, but it's very, very minimal. Um, so she does read Braille. And so it, it's like very encouraging to see how somebody who as an adult could perhaps be doing things on their own or learn how to cook something on their own um, you know, even being visually impaired is, is um, really encouraging that there's like such a support group out there um, for, for this, those that are in need. So I, I think this is a great story. I love that uh, Barilla was the first to really, you know, embrace this from a food perspective. And I think there's so much more that that could and should be done for, you know, this, um, you know, the visually impaired. I think there's a lot more that we can do here. So this is awesome. I, I like this um, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, what what can you say that's that's not good about this, right? Um, and I, I think it it definitely hits at a uh, a community in need. And I think that uh, you know it's smart for brands like uh, Barilla to uh, to you know get behind it, right? And and find ways to not only sort of say they're a brand that cares, but you know at the end of the day, like you know people are going to be buying their product um, and you know, using it uh, to make great meals and so on and so forth. And I, I think the one thing I would say is, you know, I, I like that they've got the 5 million volunteers and these people that can be your eyes and so on. I think it'd be cool to add one extension uh, as I think about it on top of this, which is, you know, uh, maybe from, and again, I, I think with this location and geo uh, lens, right? So maybe, you know, find uh, a local uh, volunteer in your community that you can actually build a relationship with that might want to come over and help you in person or, you know, things like that. Um, so maybe it starts, you know, with this virtual uh, connection, but maybe there's also a way to sort of add an, an additional layer in the app to, to find, you know, local volunteers who want to sort of help these, uh, these, these people out in person and, uh, and build those kinds of connections. And especially right now, you know, it, coming out of COVID here, um, you know, people have been isolated, people have been at home for a long time. I think, you know, everybody's craving that human contact piece. And I think that this could be something that, you know, you could sort of layer into that, that would make it even better. It's already great, but even better. Yeah. I was even thinking like I, when I started reading uh, this story, I was like, oh, do they have some type of like augmented reality tool within the app that actually tells them like, okay, now fill the pot up with water. And it's kind of like, you know, helping track what they're doing or like putting the pasta in the boiling water, you know, things of that nature. 
but um, I think that they could do so much more with it. And, and, you know, thinking about using other types of technology, obviously, to help, um, you know, find things. You think about the technology that's being used for like Pinterest search or, or things of that nature, like how do you help somebody find something, um, you know, and actually be their eyes, uh, you know, pun intended, obviously, right? So yes. I think there's so much more that they could layer into this. And I would love to see more partnerships like what Ground Truth has done come in and say, okay, like this is our technology. We can bake this into the app and give back and, you know, use for that. Sure. For sure. But, but great initiative. Love it. Yes. All right, final story for this week. Uh, United Airlines, our, our friends over there, have teamed up with Walmart and Albertsons on COVID testing. So as we've been watching and seeing, you know, the uh, airlines are, you know, sort of back operating, flights are picking up, traffic, air travel's picking up. Um, but most of the airlines in most countries uh, are requiring, you know, mandatory vaccines or rapid testing of some sort to to happen, you know, in order for you to be able to board a plane uh, or to, you know, land and enter the country or whatever the case might be. And so um, United Airlines has, has basically expanded their website and their mobile app uh, to allow customers to uh, have access to COVID testing locations at 3,000 uh, Walmart and Albertson locations across the U.S. So it, it, for them, it's really about, you know, just building a network of uh, places that people can go that are convenient for them in their neighborhoods, in their communities, um, and do that. Um, and then uh, you can sort of find these locations, as I said, through their website or, or through the app. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's not more complicated than that. They, they said that, um, through their what they call the uh, the CLX Health Trust Assure network, um, they you do your testing and then the results are delivered within forty uh, within four to forty eight hours of the test and submitted to uh, your account your online profile uh, on the United website or through the mobile app itself uh, to be reviewed for the flight. So basically, you've got your test results right there ready to go in the app. So, you know, as you, you know, check in at the airport, all that information is handy uh, and visible and, and, you know, available uh, for those that need to see it in order for you to proceed uh, with that. So, you know, I, I think it's it's cool. Like it's, it's, a, it's a neat partnership to say, hey, you know, Walmart and Albertsons are, are providing these, these testing locations. I have no idea if there's, you know, any kind of revenue uh, model or exchange of funds happening here to facilitate this. Um, I'm assuming that people are, you know, paying for those tests um, as they go to those places uh, because they have to travel and they need a test. I know here in Canada, for example, uh, if you land in the country, you're required to have a test uh, on entry um, and present those results. Otherwise, you know, you, you go into quarantine and all of that. Uh, and, and there's labs set up right now, like in the airport, you know, rapid testing labs outside, just outside the airport and so on. Um, and they, they're charging you like three to five hundred dollars, you know, a pop for for a test, right? So, um, but you need it, right? It's required. Like you can't you you can't do it with you know you can't travel without it. So, I think uh, you know there's there's definitely some opportunities here. But what I like about this is that they've got the locations. It's all integrated into their website and their app, and the results are actually delivered through the app. So that's cool. Yeah, I like the seamlessness of this for sure. And I think that, um, 
just helping people be able to travel more easily and more comfortably is really important right now. I know, you know, I, I was thinking about a friend that I had that went to Mexico not too long ago. And, and this was during the time where you, I don't know if it's still the case, but you had to have results to enter Mexico. And then you had to have a test within like 48 hours to come back to the States at that time. So, you know, they had somebody come to their vacation rental home to like do the tests and everything. And I think there's opportunity to have these like more rapid tests or kind of an assortment of different ways that you can get tested. So yes, at Walmart, at Albertsons, but also perhaps, you know, having something that's a little more of a concierge offering perhaps for people who would like that. Um, and I do think that having, you know, more options for rapid testing is like the best thing for, I, I mean, I think that because we're seeing continued spread with Delta variants and all these different things, it's like, why don't we just have more accessible rapid testing for larger areas, like before you go into an office or before you go, you know, just have something that is happening on a regular basis. That seems to be um, something that would like, everybody can do this. You don't have to worry about, you know, what your convictions are about a vaccine or not. Like we've got this testing and it's just like, this is what we do and it makes things a lot easier. So I think that there's like an opportunity to continue to grow that out. Um, I think that like, we're not even scratching the surface for, for that. Um, I remember a while back too, there was some other testing. I was just thinking like, I wonder what happened with that. I think it was in Australia where they were testing breath, uh, like a breath test or something, which was really interesting to me as well, especially for children or, you know, that yeah. uh, maybe the nasal swab isn't the, the easiest, most fun thing for a four-year-old. But anyways, the point being, I like the story. I like that they're thinking about seamlessly integrating it. I think it's helpful for both United, like for travel, as well as sending people to Walmart and Albertsons more. I think that testing is going down just because of what, you know, where we are, but, um, you know, no, it's not probably going away. So it's not going away for sure. <laughs> Uh, and it's definitely evolving. Like, um, there's a Swiss company I came across a little while ago that's, you know, to your point about kids and stuff, they were doing saliva testing, but in the form of lollipops um, that kids could, you know, just suck on and, you know, like ca capture the uh, the data that they need that way. So it was interesting. So fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So that's our show for this week. Four stories, a lot of interesting brand, uh, you know, uh, innovation going on there or experiments at, at the very least. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 531 of Location Weekly. We thank you as always for your time. Uh, reach out to us if you have story ideas uh, or feedback. We would love to, uh, to hear it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.